reading from the, the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 5, and verse 21. A couple of Sundays ago, I was preaching about who we are in Christ, you know, about in Him. For those who were here, I was preaching about in Him, in Christ, and about who we are in Him and what He has done in Him. And, and one of the statements I said was that in Him we are righteous. And I also said that there was a difference between righteousness and holiness that is completely different. And then I felt the Lord saying to me, Brian, you need to teach on the difference between holiness and righteousness. Therefore, that's what I'm teaching tonight. And so for the last couple of weeks, I've been sort of studying and praying and, and asking God to show me what holiness is. And it's amazing how holiness has nothing to do with righteousness at all. And holiness isn't even what most people think it is. Because holiness, you see, holiness is the, a move of God. And for centuries, there's been great moves of God through holiness, but unfortunately, what began in the spirit ended up in the flesh. And what began in the spirit, men and women began to bring legalistic rules and regulations in. So it was no longer holiness, but it became legalistic and became religious. But just because it became religious and, and legalistic doesn't mean we throw holiness out. Because holiness, God is holy. And God has called you and I to be holy. So I want us to see tonight the difference between holiness and righteousness. Because it's got, holiness has got nothing to do with pleasing God. Righteousness is to do with pleasing God. Holiness has got nothing to do with pleasing God. Hallelujah. So we thank God tonight that in 2 Corinthians Chapter 5 and verse 21. Probably one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You and I tonight are the righteousness of God in, in Christ Jesus. That's it. Period. You and I didn't do anything for it, but we are righteous tonight in God, in Christ what is righteousness? Again, you can go into a whole teaching about righteousness, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go into it in a little bit. Righteousness is right standing with the law of God. Right standing with the law so that we are in right relationship with the holy God. The law has been fulfilled in Christ. And if we're in Christ, we have fulfilled the law. So that you and I cannot be judged by the law because it's our, the law has already been fulfilled. Amen? We are the righteousness. We are right standing with the law. The law cannot touch you if you don't break the law. Think of the police today. The police can do nothing to Brian Harvey unless he breaks the law. The moment Brian Harvey breaks the law, they come and lift me. But I have no fear at all as long as they don't break the law. The moment I break the law, fear comes. Hallelujah. But you see... This law, in the Old Testament, there was a fear. Every time you broke the law, fear came because of a holy God. But today, if we break the law, praise God that there's forgiveness. And if we break the law, we don't need to fear. We have faith in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. It's impossible for the law to come against you if it's already been fulfilled. You and I can't break the law. 
Oh, oh, it means you can do anything you want. No, that's not what it means. But this law, you see, if you break this law, it deserves death. But Jesus Christ paid the penalty. Jesus Christ was given the death sentence in place of you and I. Every time you break this law, you, there's a deserving of death. We don't need to be dead. We died with Christ. And we fulfilled the law in Christ. So you and I tonight are righteous, period. Right standing in right relationship with God in Christ Jesus. You can't say, well, you know, we still have the law. And, you know, well, still we have to, you know, we have to still go by this part of the law or this part of the law or this. No, you either, the law is fulfilled or it's not. We're either righteous or we're not. The moment we start thinking for a moment that we need to fulfill this bit of law or we need to keep this bit of law, then we're back in the flesh. We're, we're back, we've fallen from grace and we're now under the law again. We're not under the law, we're under grace. It's either all or nothing. Say it's all or nothing. Do you want to be under grace or do you want to be under the law? Well, if you want to be under grace, remain under grace and never, ever, ever, even for one second, try to go back to the law. Because the law, Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. The law has already been fulfilled. If you remain in Christ, you have fulfilled the law. Whenever you go to meet with God in heaven, he look at you and he say, well, did you fulfill the law? And you say, yeah, I'm in your son, Jesus Christ. Your son fulfilled the law and I'm in him. There's no death penalty because Jesus paid the price. Hallelujah. So that's what the righteousness, so that means you and I are righteous. Even when you make a mistake, even when you feel down, even when you've messed up, you're still righteous. You know, it's so hard sometimes for people to understand that. It's so hard for some people to accept that. Some people are in, are in guilt and shame and self-condemnation. Maybe because of their upbringing, there's so much condemnation. The first time they make a mistake, they think, no, this is too easy. They feel like they have to make it hard for themselves. You don't have to make it hard. Jesus made it as easy as he possibly can make it for you and I. Don't make it hard. It's easy. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel shamed. Don't feel in condemnation. Because there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's none. Hallelujah. Don't fall back into the law. Once you're in Christ, you are permanently and eternally right with God forever. Cannot be altered, cannot be changed. Amen? If you turn to 1 Peter chapter 13. Sorry. That took you a wee while to catch on. First Peter chapter 14, sorry. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. (coughs) 
you and I tonight have a righteousness in Christ Jesus that perfectly satisfies the law of God. The law of God is perfectly satisfied in Christ Jesus tonight. What have you done for it? <coughs> Didn't have to do anything. Jesus did it all. All of it. There's nothing that you and I can do to make ourselves right with God. The moment you start thinking that you can do something to get closer to God, to get right with God, you're straight into the law. The moment you think you can do something to get God to heal you or, or be nice to you or, or bless you or anything like that, you're straight into the law. God blesses you because you're, you're righteous in Christ. God heals you because you're righteous in Christ. God delivers you. God protects you because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All because of what Jesus did by faith. Amen? Oh, if I go to church, I'll go to church every day this week. God will bless me. Knowing that, God will bless you because you're in Christ. God will bless you by faith. It's so easy to get legalistic and religious and we all, even myself, can allow it to creep into our lives. We always have to check ourselves to make sure we're not becoming religious. Just because we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our service doesn't mean we're not religious. You know, you can get religious even by being, uh, even by trying to imitate moving the Holy Spirit. Or You know, you can make religion out of anything. Anything you can make religion out of. But God's not in religion. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See that there? We're talking about revelation, about uploading. It says there, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you through the revelation. The more revelation you get of Jesus Christ, the more grace is uploaded into your life, and the more hope. Put your hope in the grace of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. I said it this morning that there's there's a big difference between trying to please God and trying to get something and trying to please God out of love. There's a big difference in, trying to, in serving God and trying to get something and in serving God out of love. There's so many Christians today who are serving God out of what they can get from God rather than out of love for God. But our serving God should be out of pure love. Our serving God should be out of the pure love that we know that he has for us. You see, the more you understand his love, man, the more you want to serve him. The more you want to do for him. Sometimes you find when people first get saved and they come out of so much bondage and they come out of so much sin and they come out of so much condemnation that when they first get served, when they first get saved, I want to serve the Lord. And it's all out of a genuine heart. I want to serve God because they want to, they feel, even though they're saved and even though they're born again, they haven't grasped it. 
and they think that I want to serve God and I want to do 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 and I want to help and I want to help and they think by doing that they're going to get more and more accepted by God. You're not going to get accepted anymore by God or loved anymore by God than when you first received him through Jesus Christ. And then they get into bondage and they run a rat race of trying to serve God out of the wrong intent of their heart and God loved that person because it's out, they don't know any different. They're doing it but they don't realize. If you're serving God, you need to check your heart. Am I doing this out of love or am I doing it to try and impress God? Because you can't impress God. There's nothing you and I can do to impress God. The only way you can impress God is when you're in Christ. You and I have got nothing to offer God at all. Without Him, we are nothing. And we've got nothing to offer Him. But in Christ, we are somebody. And in Christ, we have something to give Him. So never, ever, ever do anything for God if you want to, out of trying to impress Him, because He's not impressed. You're doing it because you know how much He loves you. The revelation and the, and the, and the moving of your heart just moves you to want to serve Him. You know when some people, and then there's other people when they get served, man, they get such a revelation of how much God is, loves them and what Jesus did for them on the cross, and they're on fire. And man, all they want to do is serve God because they just can't understand why God loves them so much. Man, when you meet people and they go, I don't understand how God loves me so much, man, they're on fire and they just want to serve God. And they just want to serve people. And they just want to reach the lost. That's the heart, that's the desire, that's the motive that God wants for all of us. God's not impressed with me being a pastor at all. God's not impressed with, with me being a preacher either. It's only by the grace of God that I do it. God's impressed because I have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what impresses God. Believing in His Son is the only thing that impresses God. Believing in what Jesus did on the cross. Believing in the blood of Jesus Christ. Believing in what His Word. You know, His Word. Anybody who believes His Word impresses God. If you want to impress God, believe His Word. That's the only thing that moves God. The only thing that impresses God. The only thing that, that, that moves his heart is when you believe what this word says. If you take this word for what it is and believe it for what it is and apply it to your life, man, you can't impress God any more than that. Oh, my son, look at my son, look at my daughter. They believe my word. They believe what I say. Do you ever try to convince somebody and they don't believe you? And you know 100% that you're right. And they won't believe you. And you go away and go, frustrated. If only they would just believe what I'm saying, they'd be, they, it would change them. But no matter what you say, it doesn't matter what you say, they'll never ever believe you. How many times did we do that with God? How many times has God come, you know, we're, we're asking God to do something, and God's saying, there's the word, do the word, believe the word, believe the word, but God, help me. No, believe the word. God, you don't know about God, you don't understand. God, please help me. The word, believe it. But God, I serve you every day. God, I pray to you every day. God, I worship you every day. God, can you not do this for me? Please, God, please, God, do this for me. Believe the word. 
It's only the word that impresses and moves God. Doesn't matter how much you beg God. Doesn't matter how much you plead with God. Doesn't matter how much you, 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 you worship God. If you don't believe his word, it's useless. Believe the word, but don't get me wrong. Praise him and worship him and pray and do all those things. But out of the right heart. It has to be from the right heart. How many things do we do from the wrong heart? You know, sometimes what appears to be good is evil and what appears to be evil is good. It's happening right now all over the world. It's happening everywhere. You know, the devil's very good. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, he says, we love him because he first loved us. That's the only reason why we do what we do is because he first loved us. There's nobody can come and say, I love God. Nobody ever has ever come to God first. It's always God comes to them. It's always, nobody, nobody ever loves God first. God always loves them first. It's the revelation, it's the understanding, it's the, it's the coming of yourself, realizing the realization that, hey, God loves me. Then you love him back. Then you respond. You see, respond to the love of God. Everything we do should be out of a response to his love. It shouldn't be out of fear. The law should never be used to drive you to do anything. The law will cause rebellion. Hey, we're all human. When somebody comes to you and starts, you start feeling that somebody's trying to pressurize you, and you into doing something, what do you do? You stick the heels in. You say, hang on here, man. This person's starting to try, trying to start force me into doing this. You, you go in the complete opposite. Whether it's right or wrong, you still dig the heels in. Because human nature doesn't want to be forced into anything. It's the love. If we should never use the law. We should use the love. The law has already, the law has been dealt with. The law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Do you know the law isn't even for the body of Christ? The law is for the world. The law is like a big massive signpost. You know the big billboards you have up a town? That's what it's for. It's to stick it on there for the world to look past and say, hey, you need Jesus. Hey. See this law, the law will convict them to come to Jesus. It's not for you and I. Once we come to Jesus, the law has been fulfilled. We're in Christ now, we're right standing. We've got in, we're in. We're in right standing. You know, if, I, if I'm in right standing with you today, I'm in right standing. Once you're in, you're in. You can't have one foot in, one foot out. You can't be in today and out tomorrow. Once you're in, you're in. And you can't get out. Whether you like it or not, you can't get out. Do you know you can't get out? You can't get out. I've said it so many times. Whether you like it or not, you're stuck with God and God's stuck with you. Do you know why? Because he's bound himself with you through the blood of Jesus Christ. That covenant cannot be broken. Now, if you want to denounce Christ and walk away, that's entirely up to you. But I can tell you here now, nobody can separate us from the love of God. Not nobody, no demon, no principality, no power, 
No, nothing can separate you and I from the love of Christ. Why? Because we're sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That covenant cannot be broken. Nothing can break that covenant. Hallelujah. We are right standing with God and it's sealed by the blood of Christ. And nobody can take us out from right standing with God. The law has been fulfilled. So let that sink deep into your heart right now. I'm just going to take a few moments. Let that sink deep into your heart. Let it settle once and for all. I know people in here know this. I know some people, you see, we're, the revelation of this is all in different people of different levels and different understandings, and some are enlightened more than others. And every time you hear it, you maybe get another revelation and get enlightened even more. And the more you get enlightened of this, the more you'll be set free and liberated in God. So let this settle right now into your, deep into your hearts and see yourself standing eye to eye before a holy God in right standing, right relationship, not in yourself but in Christ. See yourself inside Christ. Can Jesus go to the Father? Can Jesus have a relationship with the Father? Think of the relationship that Jesus has with the Father. Think of the communication that Jesus has with the Father. Think of how Jesus relates to the Father and how the Father relates to Jesus. That's exactly the same that you and I have with the Father because we're in Christ. And it could never, ever have happened unless he had died on the cross and shed his precious blood. It is the blood of Christ that brings us to that. Isn't that awesome? What have you done to, what have you done to deserve it? What have you done to get it? But yet it's all yours, it's all mine. Because he loves us so much. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't want anybody to, to, to be in sin. But hey, he's given us all a free will. But it's there, it's, it's there for anyone to accept his righteousness. So, holy living is not legalistic. Holy living has got nothing to do with the law. Holy living isn't a, isn't the measuring stick. Righteousness is the measuring stick. Holy living isn't legalistic. Holy living is a way of life. Holy living is a relationship with God. It's amazing the moment you mention the word holy. The word law, behavior, do's and don'ts. Come, is that true? When I mention holy, what comes to your head? You know, how many times, you know, very rarely do we talk about holiness in church. People are afraid to talk about it. Because if you talk about holiness, you're known as a religious freak. The moment you mention holiness, oh, he's religious. But we don't throw the, throw the baby out with the, the bathwater, isn't that right? God commands us in his word. He says, be ye holy, for I am holy. 
So what is holiness? Holiness is my goodness. I could never, there would never be enough time to even start to teach about holiness. Holiness is so big. Holiness is multifaceted. There's so many sides and so many dimensions to holiness. I'll try to get, suppose my wee bit will maybe touch on it 1% of what holiness really is. I mean, when we talk about holiness in the Bible, you use words like sanctification, being set apart, being purified. It talks about being uh, brought on to perfection. So holiness is so big. Holiness is us becoming like Christ. Holiness is Christ-likeness. Holiness is when we spend time with God and God rubs off on us and our, our nature and our character becomes like Jesus. It's got nothing to do with the law. You see, we're, we're right standing already. You see, this is what really, when I, when I seen this, it really blew my head. I loved this, right? You see, you and I could never, ever be holy without Christ. You see, in the Old Testament, they couldn't really be holy because they could never be in right standing with God. You see, you can't become holy until you're right standing with God. You cannot become holy until you're righteous. Once you become righteous, then you go on to holiness. But you can't, go, you can't, you can't bypass righteousness and become holy. There's so many people who are trying to become holy and they're not even righteous. There's so many people trying to clean their act up before becoming righteous. But when you give your life to Jesus, you become righteous and, and you're in right standing. Then you can be, start to become holy. Then you can start having a relationship with God and that relationship begins to rub off on you and the holiness of God begins to manifest in your life and you start to become holy. And when you start to become holy, those around you will start to be affected by the holiness that's in your life and that holiness will flow out of the abundance of your heart and it'll begin to touch everybody around you and they'll begin to feel and see Jesus in you. Why? Because you were righteous in the first place and now you're starting to become holy you see the devil is a skitter <laughs> do you know why because he has so many people deceived he has so many people deceived and they're spending all their time and energy on trying to be righteous instead of being holy Every, you know, they're, they're trying to be right. They're already right with God. And they're still trying to be right with God. It's like me, you know, you need a bottle of water. And you work to get the bottle of water. I give you the bottle of water and you go ahead and try and work to get another bottle of water. And you've already got a bottle of water in your hand. Gary, you've got a bottle. You don't need another one. And Gary goes looking for another bottle. But he, you know, he, he only needs one bottle. Once he has the bottle of water, then he can move on to drinking it. <laughs> Sorry, guy. You see, you can only be righteous once. Once you become righteous, then you can move on to becoming holy. But the devil wants you and I to focus on being righteous. And what happens is, when you start focusing on being righteous, you, you, you waste all your energy on time and never ever become holy. You see, holiness brings you into maturity. Holiness brings growth. Holiness brings Christ-likeness. Holiness brings out the anointing in you. And the devil knows that if he can get you to sit 
and try to be righteous that you'll never grow. This is why we've got so many old baby Christians. We've got so many baldy babies. <laughs> we've got so many gray-head babies that have never grown up. And God love them, and I mean it with the right heart. It's all down to lack of knowledge. That, that's why we teach about the righteousness. In fact, just go to... And there's something about righteousness that I just realized. Put on... Go to... Romans. You know, when I was seeking God about this here and he, start, and he started showing me this, it just blew me away. You know, as much as I knew about righteousness and as much as I've read about righteousness, as much as I know about holiness and as much as I've read about holiness, it's when you get the revelation of it, it just, and you never forget revelation, ever. It's yours. You see, I'm giving you revelation. It becomes knowledge to you. It's up to you now to get the revelation. And it just, it, I don't know what it is, but when you get revelation, and I know everybody in here probably has experienced it, it, it seems to put you at another notch. It gives you another notch. It gives you another level. I don't know what it is, but you just, it strengthens you. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God, the salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in what? In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In it, the righteousness of God. It doesn't say in it, the love of God. It doesn't say in it, the grace of God. It says, in it the righteousness of God shall be revealed to you from faith to faith. There must be something about being revealed to us about the righteousness of God. You see, the more we get to know about the righteousness of God, the more we get to know about ourselves because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So as, we, as it starts to be revealed to us, the righteousness of God, we start to be revealed our position in Christ, who we are, what we are, what we're capable, begins to be revealed to us. Hallelujah. Our standing, right standing with God and with the law. We're boom. You see, we're, that's it. Boom. I'm righteous. Now it's for me now to start walking. Holiness is a journey. You start walking in a journey of holiness. You start walking. It's a, it's, a, it's a personal, intimate relationship with God and allowing God's nature and God's character to flow into our hearts. But you see, there's so many Christians who are stuck. And there's so many Christians have walked away from God because they're told they give their lives to Jesus and they're told they're going to go to heaven. And that's it. They're stuck. And they're not told that they are righteous, that they're right standing. And they get, it gets hard to think, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I can't, I can't stop doing this. And I can't stop doing that. And uh, I'm struggling with this. And I'm struggling with that. And, and then what happens? Somebody comes with the law. And then when they bring the law to the man, they feel like, oh my goodness. They bring the law. And the law makes it even harder. The law strengthens the sin that's in them. 
And they think, I can't do this Christianity. It's not, it's not for me. Leave it. It's, it's not for me. I said that too, sure. I said it wasn't for me. It's amazing how many people say, oh, it's okay. You, you just enjoy your Christianity. It's not for me. It's for everybody. Every single human being it's for. Hallelujah. So people are stuck trying to be right with God even though they're right. Stop going over and over and over and over about being right with God. Stop going over and over and over, am I accepted by God? Stop going over and over and over, am I loved by God? You're accepted, you're loved, and you're right standing with God. And start growing up. Begin to grow up. Begin to mature. Begin to move on. You see, the devil wants to keep us like wee babies. The devil isn't afraid of a baby. The devil's afraid of someone who he knows who he is in Christ and is walking in holiness. The devil is afraid of a holy man and a holy woman. Because he knows that holy, that person, that righteous man, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That righteous man is walking in holiness. And man, he's walking in the might of, of spirit of power and might in the Holy Ghost. And the anointing is flowing. You see, every single one of us tonight is equal in righteousness, but not every one of us is equal in holiness. All of us right now is identical in Christ in righteousness. You and I cannot get any closer to God no matter what we do. We're all identical. Whether you're a pastor, an evangelist, whether you make pasty suppers, I don't care. It doesn't matter. We're all identically equal in Christ. Right standing, right relationship with God. It's subtle. But our holiness is completely different. We're all in different levels of holiness. The holier you become, the more powerful you become in God. The holier you become, the more you become like Christ. The holier you become, the more effective you'll be for the kingdom of God. The holier you'll become, the more light you'll bring into darkness. The holier you become, the more signs, wonders, and miracles will happen in your life. The holier you become, the more faith you'll will be flowing out of your heart. The holier you become, the more blessing and peace and joy will manifest in your life. Holiness brings manifestation. Can you see what I mean? It's got nothing to do with the law. Because the law is all right. Forget about the law. Forget about righteousness. It's done. Let's move on to holiness. That's why the Bible says that God is transforming us into the images of His Son from glory to glory. Day to day, glory to glory, from one level to the next level. But are we being changed from glory to glory or are we still stuck over the law? Are we still trying to work it out? Are we still trying to work out our salvation? Are we still trying to work out our righteousness? Are we still trying to work out are we accepted or are we not? Or is it settled once and for all? Are you still trying to impress God? Nothing. Can, don't try to impress God. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how many people you pray for. It doesn't matter how much money you have. None of it impresses God. Only Jesus. Be holy. Brian, be holy. And this isn't in a condemnation way where you leave it out and go, oh, I need to be holier. I, I, you see, again, this is where there's a, there's, a, there's a fine line 
There's so many teachings in the Word of God, there's a fine line that can tip either way, and it can go from one extreme to the other. And it's happened so many times, and it can happen to us. But don't be going home feeling condemned, thinking I'm not holy enough. Because your holiness is a personal thing. You see, your holiness isn't for God. Your holiness is for you. Your holiness doesn't benefit God. Your holiness benefits you. God wants you to be holy like him because he wants you to benefit. He wants you to grow. He wants you to mature. It's not our, he doesn't want you to be holy to, so that he accepts you. He wants you to be holy so that you'll grow. I want my son Luke to grow up. I want my son grow, Luke to grow, to grow and mature. I don't want him to stay 11 years of age and not grow and be as skinny, skinny the way he is like his daddy for the next 50 years. <laughs> I want him to grow up. God wants you and I to grow up, but we're not going to grow up unless we become holy. We're not going to become holy unless we have it established once and for all that you're righteous. I'm going to have to finish again. We can finish it next week. Holiness is... Holiness equals transformation. There you are. It even says that God transforming lives. Holiness will transform your life. As I'm closing, I'll, I'll, I guess I need to explain a little bit of how to be holy. We'll go to one scripture and then we'll finish. Go to uh, second Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter six and verse fourteen. And again, this scripture can be used to to. This scripture sometimes can be used to condemn people. It's not, this isn't to condemn. This scripture can be used like the law. It's not to be used like the law. This scripture can be used to control people. It's not to control people. That's not what the scripture is about. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them, walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. And please, again, this has went to the extreme where, you know, there's an extremism where there's certain sect of Christians who will not go anywhere near an unbeliever. You know, they'll, they'll not even be in the same room, which is a load of nonsense, because Jesus Christ would be in the same room. But that's not what this means. This means fellowship. Spending time and fellowshipping with an unbeliever. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about staying away from unbelievers. Man, get into the unbelievers. Get in among them. Witness, share the love of God. But when it starts becoming poly and friends and, and doing stuff together and fellowshipping together, that's what there's a different kettle of fish altogether. You see, we become who we hang about with. Now, this is where holiness comes in. For those who've been married, I've been married 11 years. I know that there's things that I maybe, Leslie has rubbed off on me, and there's things that I've rubbed on on Leslie. I've got all the positive of her, and she's got all the negative. But. 
No, I mean, she got all the negative off me. No, I'm only joking. No, but I'm sure there's negative and positives on both sides. Even children, my kids, I see wee traits in them. Either good or bad. Sometimes I go, my goodness, I can't say anything about that one. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you become who you hang around with. That's why it says here, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship is righteousness with lawlessness? If you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, what fellowship do you have with someone who's in lawlessness? Someone who's not righteous? What has light got to do with darkness? There's nothing, there's no common denominator. There's, no, there's nothing there. Man, I'm sure you see it when you, go to, when you go to talk to an unbeliever. Yes, you can talk and have a bit of crack. Like for me, I like a bit of football, a bit of sport. I can talk and, and connect with people through that. But after a while, it gets to the point where there's nothing to talk about. You, have, you know, you need to talk about Jesus. And once you start talking about Jesus, unless they're interested, then they don't want to know. How can you, how, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to compromise talking about Jesus and then start to be friends with him and start being buddies with him? No, that's when, the, that's when it breaks off. That's when you come away and you say, well, I've shared about Jesus there. There's no interest. That's fine. Pray for them and you walk away. Or else, if you spend time with the wrong person, you'll start to become wrong yourself. And this is where it comes. If just as a close, I can go into deeper next week. Holiness comes from who you spend time with. You need to spend time with God. The more time you spend with God, the holier you become. talked a wee bit, oh, I have to say this as well, you see, I talked a wee bit about, you know, whenever you have weaknesses, you know, you may have, we all have weaknesses, you may have a weakness, you may have a sin that you struggle with, you may have a bad habit, you may do things that you know you shouldn't do, but hey, you do them because you can't help it, and hey, that's human nature, I'm not excusing it, but hey, there's weaknesses, but you know what happens is, if we use the law, as I said earlier on, it strengthens that thing and you find that it's harder and harder and harder to quit. Forget about the law. You know what you do? You become holy. You spend more time with God. You see, when you start spending, the more time you spend with God, you know what happens? Effortlessly, you no longer do it. All of a sudden, because you've spent so much time with God and His nature and character and holiness rubs off on you, guess what? Hey, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't even feel like doing that anymore. Nobody told you to stop. You didn't even try to stop. You stopped naturally without any effort. Why? Because you're becoming holy. Man, holiness, I need to stop. Holiness brings so much stuff into your life, it's unbelievable. But it is believable. I need to stop saying that. I spent time with Pastor Clay for a week, and every time I said unbelievable, stop saying that. <laughs> right, I need to finish. Establish, right. You're, we are the right, you're righteous tonight. Who hands up who's in Christ tonight? Man, I'm looking at righteous people. I'm looking at people who are righteous, right standing with God in right relationship with God, not because you've done anything or not because you're anything special, but because Jesus is special and Jesus did it all. <coughs> That's settled. Don't go back to the law. Don't try and impress God. Don't do anything out of, 
out of trying to win God or make God move. Just know that you're righteous. Begin to serve him out of how, because you know he loves you and you love him. And start moving on to holiness. Start growing and maturing in the things of God. And see God work in your life. And start seeing those weaknesses begin to get weaker. You see, sin, when you become holy, sin just dissolves. When you become holy, habits, bad habits just disintegrate. They just disappear naturally without any effort at all. Isn't Christianity so easy? <laughs> yes, you have your storms. You have your mountains. You have your valleys. But God has made it as easy as he possibly can. And we make it complicated. Just believe the word. Believe what the word says. Believe. Are you righteous? Yes. Start growing in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Can I just ask the worship just to play one song? I'll just close in a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you, God, for the position that we have in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Thank you that we don't need to do anything other than just believe and walk in your word. Lord, I just pray that, God, we would just all get a greater revelation and a grasp of what we're talking about tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray even for next week, Lord, that you'll give me more, God, to bring. Lord, because it just it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and gets better and better and better. Lord, that your holiness is inexhaustible. You cannot exhaust your holiness, Lord. Your holiness, Lord, is just gets deeper and deeper, Lord. It's so deep and so wide and so high and so low, Lord. God, and your holiness, because it's your nature, it's your character. It's all about you, God. So, Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take this word and put it deep into our hearts and give us revelation of it. Lord, I pray your blessing upon every person in here tonight. Every family member, every loved one, protection. Let your face shine upon them, Lord. Let your light shine, Lord. Let your glory be upon them, in them, and around them, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's all stand.